My guest today was a longtime municipal politician in Waterloo Region. He was first elected to the city of Kitchener in 1988. Prior to that, he had a number of years of civic involvement on various committees. He was a councillor for the city of Kitchener and for many of those years also sat on regional council during the double elect era. Later, he would join the regional council when regional councillors were either mayors or directly elected through the cities. He finally retired in 2022. That is a 34 year span of successfully getting elected and re-elected by the voters of Kitchener. I'm pleased to welcome Jeff Lorenz to the Old Grey Mayors podcast. Jeff, buddy, that's that's quite the uh, who's had a streak like that, eh? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I've I never really looked back to see, but uh, I think maybe Dom Cardillo was in there for, for a while. But Dom I'm, and, I'm, and uh, maybe Carl Kiefer. <laughs> or Carl Kiefer, that's right. <laughs> Carl had a long one going in Cambridge. He had a good gig going in Cambridge, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although he was an insurance salesman. You were the, you were the letter carrier. <laughs> that's right. Two different lines of work, that's for sure. Yeah, but you always delivered. <laughs> always delivered. You got so, that yeah, you started, okay, so you started life out, you were a letter carrier. What, what, when did you start as a letter carrier? Uh, that's a good question. I started back, I think, in 72. 72, okay. So, yeah. and then, um, you know, going through all of that, what led to your uh, interest or involvement in, you know, municipal uh, matters? This was before the election, right? Before your 1988 election. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got involved with, the, uh, with, with our union, the Letter Carriers Union. And I kind of worked my way up to um, uh, as secretary at that okay. of the local. Right. And, um, then we joined the Labour Council, and uh, I was a delegate to go to the Labour Council. And I got involved with the uh, Municipal Affairs Committee at the Labour Council. In fact, I ended up sharing that. Ah. And so there was kind of like this on, longstanding uh, uh way that they looked at it is if you're a chair of committee, you, you should probably uh, run for, for council. So we had ran a couple of candidates and were successful. Uh, Will Ferguson, you may remember. And, yeah. Uh, and Wayne, Wayne Samuelson. Wayne Samuelson, yeah. And, and John, John Smola, right? And John Smola. And before him, Bob Hopf. Uh, Bob, Bob was on council uh, and he passed away. And John took his place. Oh, okay. Remember that. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's interesting how uh, labor got involved with uh, municipal politics and not really. Uh, do you know why there was that strong connection that way? Not really. I think there was I think it was kind of a, kind of the mantra for for labor councils to be more involved in their communities. And there's no better way of doing that than to, to, to be an elected official. Yeah. Now, before you ran, though, you were on a committee. Uh, it was the auditorium operating committee, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was I was on the auditorium operating committee for a number of years. And that that was kind of um, I was involved with the uh, the uh, the building of the new the, the, the twin pads. OK. The auditorium uh, operating committee. In behind behind the uh, auditorium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In yeah. behind the Dom Cardillo Arena. And behind the Dom Cardillo Arena, correct. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so that auditorium operating committee, would that be, um, I kind of got the impression, I was chatting with uh, um, 
that those those committees was that a part of the city of Kitchener or was that when it was independent of the city of Kitchener? No, that was part of the city of Kitchener. It was just kind of a commitment that uh, I think the city had made to the labor council to give them uh, a token spot on something. Oh, okay, all That's right. Kind of the way that worked. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I mean, you need trades guys to do all the work and stuff, right? So, yeah, and, and back in back in that day, there there was a, a, a strong labor presence with, uh, you know, Bud Automotive and BF yeah. Goodridge and Uniroyal and, and all of those big yeah. plants. So, yeah, my I mean, parents it, were my parents were union members working at the factories local Epton, BF Goodridge before that, before it became Epton and Lear yeah. Seating, right? Uh, General yeah. Springs, it used to be called General Springs. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, back my dad was as well. So. He worked at uh, Blore and Forge, Canada. So, so um, being on the uh, that auditorium operating committee would have brought you in touch with a lot of the directly with a lot of the local politicians too, probably. Definitely, for sure. And it was a, it was a big deal. I mean, it was they were usually three four hour meetings. You know, we'd have lunch over the course of lunch, and uh, right, right, there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you know, there was COE, there was all, all kinds of different trade shows coming in, the Globetrotters, all, all, of, all of that stuff was, that, it was a real happening place. That was way before uh, Skydome. Or, and so or that was all through you guys then. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Because I remember, I think I saw, I think there's a plaque down there uh, by the near the ticket booth area at the auditorium, and it's got a bunch of names on there from mm-hmm. something. And I was looking at the date. And I think maybe Sean Strickland might have been on that thing too. Uh, could have been. Could have been. Yeah, and I, wow, this thing really goes far back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you then uh, decide to take a run at uh, council? Well, I think uh, we we t- we talked about um, you know w- where we should be looking at uh, getting involved and. Uh, I was, I talked over with the committee and I said, I think that I should probably run for uh, the school board. It's a good way to introduce yourself to the community. And so anyway, I, I filled out my papers for the school board. And when I went up to uh, city hall, I, I popped into um, the mayor and members of council area. And I was talking to a few people and Dom came out, Dom Cardillo. And he asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm filing my papers for uh, school board. And he said, get in my office. <laughs> Come on, get in here. So he sat me down and he said, you're not going to do that. He said, you you don't want to go for the school board. He said, Don Travers has announced that he's not going to run again. And you should be running in his ward. You live out there. So I thought about it. And I said, you know what? I mean, it's 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 a big step when you first decide whether you want to right. do it. Yeah. And I go home and talk it over with my, my family. And... Um, I did that. I ended up filing my papers and I never looked back after that. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we've had Don on the uh, podcast too, to chat about his time and some of the stuff that he was working on. So it's interesting. So, so that's interesting that you've, uh, that's who you replaced on there. Um, so what was the campaign like? Well, I ran against, uh, I don't know if it was two or three other people, but uh, I kind of just ran my own thing. I didn't have um it, it's funny through through the whole course of the 34 years, I never really had a campaign manager. I never really had a, a, a anybody that kind of I jobbed out any any of the specific jobs to. I always was a hands on. So um, you know, I I was happy to uh, you know I, I raised a little bit of money. I think we got some money from the labor council. I put some of my own money in. My my yeah. parents gave me some money, 
And uh, my dad helped out with knocking on doors. Right. Um, he did um, the old Forest Hill area, and I did all the four sites. <sighs> and, uh, you know, go out and knock on doors and just, just talk to people. And I was fortunate because by then I had probably delivered mail to almost everybody. Oh, that was your root area too. Well, for sure. I mean, you know, you just kind of move around, and 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 so I knew a lot of people from that, and so, that really helped. Did you do a lot of literature drops? <laughs> well, no, you had to be careful about that. But the funny thing was, was Rob, that uh, super mailboxes were first coming in. You know the oh. super mailboxes. So yeah. I, at that time, I was president of the letter carriers union, so I, I ended up doing some some um, radio stuff and some TV stuff about, uh, you know, the, the dangers of uh, oh. mailboxes and, you know, some of the people, there was a guy by the name of John Rapolo who was really upset about having to go walk down the street to pick up his mail. So he was like the poster boy for the residents and oh. it worked out really well for me. I got a lot of exposure. A lot of press out of that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you just, you know what it's like when you're on council. You look for those opportunities, and you kind of, if they if they present themselves, you uh, you go for it. You know, there's, there's certainly lots of opportunities, right? And 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 certainly, well, like you said, then it wasn't because you, you you know there wasn't a lot of media uh, per se, right? You're right. Yes, eighty eight. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you know what? You had more in the walkie-talkie phone. <laughs> but you probably had better—well, not better, but more local coverage going on, right? I mean, a, a larger presence. Now we have good people now, but I, I always get the impression there were more people covering. Uh, like you know, your local section was a lot bigger than it is today. Yeah, I would agree. You know, and and uh, and then you had guys like our buddy Brian Stortz with his paper for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good old Brian. But uh, so 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 you get elected in '88, um, and uh, actually, there's some interesting people you're on council with at that time, eh? Uh, like Gary Ledston and yeah, um, Mike Will Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, Will Ferguson, Mike Hiscott, Mike Hiscott, yeah, Chris Wiley. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Johnson. Chris, Chris Wiley was the only female on the uh, council yeah, at the time. Good. Yeah. And, and Dom was the mayor. Dom was the mayor. Jim Ziegler. Yeah. Jim Ziegler, too. Yeah. So what, what were some of the do you recall what some of the issues were back in, in that days that you were dealing with? Well, I think the biggest one was uh, building, building the new city hall. So you were in the middle of the, the decision had already been made to where to go, right? That's right. We were deciding on how much we were going to spend and what the design was going to be. And, uh, and, and that, that, that brick from India. <laughs> the red brick. It was flaking or something. I can't remember now. What no, it wasn't. It was how they were harvesting it. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so like some labor issues. Well, they had uh, at one point they showed us because we would meet every Monday morning at seven o'clock to, to, go through all of this stuff. I mean, we, we basically spent every, every week talking about city hall and where, you know, brick by brick design, yeah, yeah. design, whatever. Right. But they showed us this one video that they had taken because it was coming from India and uh, they showed these guys harvesting the stone and nobody had foot proper footwear, nobody oh. had helmets on, <laughs> nobody had any safety gear at all. It's like, 
My God, you're not showing this at a council meeting. People will go right through the roof. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because um, I was going to say uh, to you, one of the nice things about that was that you guys were able to pay that off in short order, right? The, yeah. the city hall. Yeah. And I was just doing just did a, a chat with John Gazzola uh, about yeah. that. And, you know, he was the finance uh, commissioner or treasurer, what have you at the time. But now that you mention it, he tells a story. He used to work in the quarries in Beachville when he was a younger guy. And oh, when he was in university, he didn't have any safety footwear and some 600 pounds of something fell on his toes and broke his toes. <laughs> That's funny you just mentioned this story because it just made me think of John telling his story earlier. So, so um, but everything went fairly smooth, I would say, with the construction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The only thing I'm wondering about is the temperature gauge at the uh, at the top of the or whatever that thing was. It's oh, supposed yeah. To... <laughs> we got told to build the goods there. It was supposed to be a thermometer, but it never worked at all. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing was, I remember the uh, counselors that were new, rookie counselors never got a window seat to the to the uh, yeah, public right. area. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was uh, I ended up in the best office when I was finished. But uh, at the beginning, I was in probably the worst Oh, there you go. But that's okay. There's, it's like it's it's like there's no bad bad spot up there. It yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah, for sure, for sure. So aside from the city hall, what else were some of the things uh, that you were dealing with? Well, I I think that basically took up most of our time. You know, we were we were all through that whole process. We we're contemplating how we're going to uh, re re-energize and redevelop the downtown. And, right. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a really tough go. Um, at one point, I know that we were kicking around the idea of renting a crane and just putting it out there so people would think something was happening downtown. But, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. Well, so, you, you remember what it was like down there. I mean, yeah, was, somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, bars and, uh, you know, it, it, it was really. It, yeah, it, I was at I was at St. Jerome's in, in the late seventies, right, seventy six yeah. to eighty sort of thing, right, and and there wasn't a whole lot happening uh, down there, you know, pinball and uh, whatever else, uh, shops and stuff like that. But uh, you know, and even you guys adding the, well, you, this the city trying out the Market Square and the King Center yeah. and all that stuff. It just yeah, you had exactly. to try something. Yeah, and and uh, it. We had a lot of different uh, options. One was a casino for the for for uh, the King Center. Oh, and, really? Eh? Yeah, and it's just it, not, nothing. Nothing really struck us as uh, what we we needed to have down there. Right. Yeah, because there was a. I remember there was some talk about uh, entertainment as a way to you know to to make something happen because you can have people there from nine to four or nine to five, but then in the evening it's dead. Right. And 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 what do you do to to attract people? Uh, down there. So uh, thinking about that, and we're going to talk about some other stuff like Rahlgren and your community services work, but just on this, uh, uh, what do you think uh, turned it around a bit? If, if one could say it's turned around, I mean, I think it's turned around in the downtown, but uh, what would you say was sort of the turning? Do you, can you picture it or pinpoint a turning point uh, on that? Well, I think uh, investing $110 million in the downtown certainly was a was a turning point, I think. But, yeah, make, uh, making that decision, eh? Yeah. And we started to build, um, we started to build more rapport with some of the landowners. 
you know, Tony DiBattista was a big landowner down there. And yeah, we were butting heads all the time. And the, the first time I had a, a dealing with him is they were uh, putting posters all over in front of uh, Forest Heights Collegiate about coming down to um, some kind of a thing that he had going on, you know, and they were, it, 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 there was, uh, uh, it was for young kids, but it was also, you know, for older kids to be able to drink and everything else. And I kind of raised it at council and I said, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't be allowing these guys to put up all of these posters for these kinds of events. And so we kind of locked horns. And then finally, at some point, we said, you know, maybe we should talk to this guy. So we ended up, members of council got together with him and his team, and we we sat down and talked for a couple of hours about his land holdings and right. what thought his vision was. And, and we talked about, you know, the things that we would like to see done. And after that, we had a really good, um, a really good rapport with him. You know, he made off, we, we bought some stuff from him and he made off like a bandit, but you can't blame him. He was a, he was a small businessman, and uh, well, he was ma- he was investing in in an area where a lot of people were running away from. I guess. Yeah, exactly, and and, and that was the thing, right? Yeah. Well, what were some of the things that you guys uh, so starting to talk to the landowners, um, the 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 fund? Now that fund attracted it was the universities, right? I mean, was right. it the Laurier for the School of Social Work Social and work. Uh, the School uh, of Pharmacy? Yeah, exactly. And I think that was a kind of catalyst that people started to look at our downtown in a different way. And then we started with the, the Communitech building. We bought that and started bringing high tech into the downtown and uh, really made a big difference. And then I think people really started to sit up and say, hey, we've got something going here. But, you know, the idea of, of um, investing $110 million when you represent the suburbs into the right. downtown was a big deal. Yeah, I yeah, mean, for sure. Did, and that was like 110 million was a lot of money back then. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's that's something that happens, right? I mean, you get a bit of that downtown versus the suburbs kind of view sometimes, because uh, I've heard it mentioned by other people where your constituents in your ward are saying, okay, well, that's great you're doing all that there. What, what, are, we, what are we getting yeah. out here? Yeah, exactly. And and that's the big thing. It, 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 exactly. To be able to combat that, I think we, we've kind of worked out um, not so much, I get more of a strategy on how we're going to start in, in investing in, the, in the, um, the suburban areas as well. And we started building community centers. And uh, I chaired the Community Services Committee for 20 years. And we got a lot of community centers built over that that course in time, um, we were able to do a forest in Forest Heights. We did Forest Heights Community Center. It was a fire hall and ambulance substation as well in behind Highland Hills Mall. So sort of like a joint sort of project, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it really worked out well. Yeah, because everyone's contributing to the cost to get it up and going. Yeah, exactly. So that one went over great. You know, we we built um, Dune, uh, Stanley Park we did. Um, uh, country hills. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's one way to sort of spread the love, so to speak, uh, around well, the community. We were using our gas money, to, so you know we had a gas utility, and the, the city of Kitchener still does. So it's a yeah. excellent source of revenue, and it gives back to the community. You know, yeah, it's a, the, libraries as well, Rob, and pools. Yeah, I'm gathering that's been a real positive holding on to that thing, uh, rather than going after the big buck. 
but yeah. uh, go, work in the long haul on it. Yeah. And, you know, another good thing that's happened recently is that both hydro utilities have, have merged together. I've been after that for years and years. It just doesn't make any sense to have duplicate services in Kitchener and Waterloo. Yeah. But I think that's a really good thing. But I, I but one thing I guess I'm worried about is now with uh, with the premier talking about the idea of amalgamation, um, how that will affect the gas utility. You know, I think uh, is oh, interesting. Is a dividend going to come back to all the residents of Kitchener? I mean, there's, there's all the residents of the region. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how do you equalize that? Yeah, right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that, that, look at there's a lot of complications that happen. It's like uh, it's like in uh, Peel where they're saying, "Well, well, Mississauga, you'll go on your own. Brampton, you'll go on your own." And then and Brampton saying, "Well, hold on a sec. All that infrastructure in Mississauga we paid for, yeah. we got a bill." <laughs> yeah. And, and then uh, Milton is saying, "Wait a minute, you two have all started to grow. We're ready next in line, and now you're bailing." Yeah, I know. So yeah, so there's lots of complications there. So who knows if that's going to happen? But um, just as since you mentioned amalgamation, do you, do you got a viewpoint on amalgamation? I've always supported amalgamation. It's never yeah. made any sense to me to have all these different municipalities. And it's funny when when we were pushing for amal- amalgamation, and there was a few of us on council that really wanted to see it happen. Right. We got a lot of pushback from the townships. And, you know, the I big know. thing was that the, uh, the cities just want to come in and build all, you know, steal the land and build out and all of this stuff. Guess who's doing all the building in the townships now? The we can't trust we can't trust you city slickers <laughs> but I know. but that was in the that was in the late 90s right i mean when there yeah. was a lot of discussion going on about amalgamation and john sweeney was uh doing his report and well, stuff yeah there was actually some votes that didn't that were maybe going to go through that might have changed the way things got done but didn't happen we even tried to vote to, to um, put it on the ballot about whether we wanted to amalgamate with Kitchener or Waterloo. And Kitchener said yes, and Waterloo said no. Yeah, that was the so 2010, uh, 2010 ballot where yeah. – um, so what did you think of the, like, the, the idea of putting it on the ballot like a referendum? What were your thoughts on that? Well, I think people have a right to have a say in it. You know, it's one thing to be able to to – to represent, say, 18,000 or 20,000 people. But at the same token, you don't know what how people feel about a lot of these big issues. And I think right. referendums are a good way to go. You yeah. certainly get a – it's not the answer to everything, but you get a good flavor of what the community you represent is – what they're saying and how they're feeling about it. Did it surprise you that uh, Waterloo said no to a conversation and Kitchener said yes to the conversation? It didn't surprise me, but it did surprise me as well, you know. Or maybe disappointed you. Yeah, I think it was more disappointment because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, everything's everything is everybody's looking at downsizing, everybody's looking at trying to, you know, control costs and I think it's just a matter of time before it happens. So let's let's talk about um, uh, while you were a counselor, um, and so you said the community services, uh, building the the centers, um, and, and, and all of that. Um, did was there any other uh, committees you were on with this through the city of Kitchener during your time? Yeah, I was on the Huron Natural Park committee with. Uh, uh, okay, so oh. like that's creating the Huron Natural Park. Yeah, yeah, with. Uh, with, with Tom, uh, Tom, Tom Galloway. Tom, Tom chaired that committee. That's right. And Frank Blue was involved from the school board. Okay. And Tom Clancy, 
was involved. He oh, was, yeah, yeah. He was well, the head of Parks and Rec for. Yes, yeah. Well, I know. I know his son Kevin, who's uh, a yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Tom Clancy, yeah, Tom Clancy, longtime rec guy, right? In the oh, city yeah. of Kitchener, salt of the earth. Yeah, Great yeah, job. yeah. yeah. So, and that's a nice. That's a nice thing to set up. Um, was that a difficult thing to get together? The the here on National Park. It was. Um, you know, we had to bend a few uh, arms for developers to get be able to get a hold of the land, but we were able to work it through, you know, with concessions here and, and uh, development agreements in other different areas. So it worked out. It worked out great. You know, uh, so that's interesting. There. So you love there. Tom's name's not on a plaque and mine isn't either. But uh, Tom Clancy and uh, Frank Lou are. <laughs> And they're the guys that were getting paid the big bucks to do it. We'll go sneak out there and scratch you on there. Um, so, uh, so that's interesting. So, in order to create that, you would have had to go out to talk to because parts of it were with different owners, and you had that's to go right. to those owners slash developers to get them to contribute parts of it uh, for anything they wanted to develop. Right. Yep. It wasn't that easy, but it, it came together really well. Yeah. And the product that we have today is just totally amazing. Yeah, so that, that's a nice uh, nice contribution as well. Well, yeah. you would have saw a lot of growth up in Forest Heights too over the years. Well, not really because Trustler is, is the boundary. Oh, was it already developed up to? Yeah, it was already developed up to there. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did a little bit of, um, there, was, there was some, Kitchener Housing did some units up there, uh, but uh, that was basically it on the other side of, uh, just, so, so it was built up by the time you uh, ran yeah. in 88. Yeah. So in 88. Well, no, it wasn't. It was build, building up when I was on council. Oh, okay. Building up. Okay. Yeah. And approved. Now, when you got to uh, uh, got to council there, this was a time when uh, members who were elected to city council, some of the members would get elected to regional council. Appointed. Appointed, sorry, but appointed from from among the elected officials. So sort of like a double election, so to speak, like you elected to council and then from amongst the small group elected to regional council. Yeah, it was based kind of mainly on seniority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So if you were the low low guy, you weren't going there, right? So you you wouldn't have gotten on in eighty eight, and it was no. was it two year terms back then? Yeah, I think it was two year terms. So then in in nineteen ninety. What's that? It was two two-year terms, and then it went to a three-year term, I think. Okay. That's a lot of elections. Yeah, that's a lot of elections. I think at one time it was one year. Yeah, prior to way back. Did anything done in a one, in one year. Yeah, sometimes when you read the history of some of the really old mayors, you see they were there for one year. <laughs> yeah, you think, how could you do anything in one year? Yeah, no, right. It's. I mean, you're just learning the job, too, right? Yeah, and you're running again for the next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when did you first get appointed to regional council? <laughs> that was in uh, 91. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell us the story about uh, how that opened up and, and how there were actually sort of two different methods used. <laughs> well, Brian Stortz and I both got elected the same time. Yeah. There was uh, one of us was going to go to a regional council. But how did the opening happen? Uh, Will Ferguson got elected to, uh, to to provincial parliament. Yeah, with the NDP when the NDP formed the government. That's right. Yeah, when the Clintons came to town. Wild times. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, so how did you and Stuart deal with this? Well, Brian and I had a deal that we were going to flip a coin, and the winner was going to go, and the other one, and I, I was good with that. 
So we ended up flipping the coin and I lost. And then what happened? Well, I went in and talked to Dom and told him, I said, Brian and I have kind of decided that uh, by flipping a coin that he's going to go to regional council and that I'm not. He said, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) I said, what do you mean? He said, council makes that decision. You guys don't have any right to do that. Council will decide who's going to go to represent them at the region. Right, you two young bucks. Yeah, and I ended up going. So, yeah, so the council selected you. Yeah. So how did you find it at the region then? Different, that's for sure. We were still working out of the courthouse, 22 um, 22 Weber. Yeah. Yeah. What was the the influence of the region like at the time compared to, to to the city? The relationship, or, you know, is one larger than the other, one... You know, that sort of thing. I don't think, I think until the region moved into regional headquarters, it really didn't hit its stride. Right. You no, know? but um, I remember lots of water debates with Andrew Tlegg. Do you remember Andrew Tlegg? Yeah, I know Andrew. Oh, yeah. God rest his soul. Man, he would go on and on and on. And he was so passionate about all that stuff. Because he was on Waterloo Council at the time, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. there's a lot of groundwater stuff that you guys are talking about. Stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. that's our source. Okay. Yeah. But we're, we're, you were on a, I know you were on a licensing committee. Was that with the region or was that the city? Yeah, that was with the region. Yeah. But we, when we were, when I first got on the regional council, we were looking at um, uh, building. In fact, we were managing those projects, the new regional headquarters, now right. Regina. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what else was there? I think there was, wasn't there three? You're looking at buildings? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So the three were City Hall. Yeah. Still working on City Hall. We were also building regional headquarters in 99 Regina. Wow. At the same time, right? Yeah. So that's a lot. So, (laughs) So that was a lot. Yeah, yeah exactly. a lot of and, construction. And the region, it wasn't as 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 much hands on as it was at the city of Kitchener. Right? I mean, we used to have some real big big debates about what, what we wanted to do with that building, you know. And but like I said before, all of this stuff when you represent the suburbs, it it becomes a a a, a real um, a real conundrum, you know. You have to give it a lot of thought uh, and try to foresee how it how the future will look when you're, when you're building things in the downtown core and it's not affecting everybody that you represent. Right. What was the, uh, on city of Kitchener council, what was your relationship like uh, generally uh, with the other councillors? We all got along. Basically. I think you mentioned about going out for drinks and stuff after, right? Yeah, I think that was a kind of a tradition that uh, we always tried to do was, just because you don't get you don't agree in the council chamber doesn't necessarily mean you have to walk out the door and, and just say you know screw you or I, I don't like you or right right I got along with with all all of my colleagues all the time we could have differences of opinion and at the end of the day we could probably we could shake hands if we never really shook hands but we just kind of agreed that yeah you know, we have differences of opinion but we still liked each other and you, you get together after the council meetings yeah we go. We try to go hit some of the bars downtown afterwards. Support them. 
support them. That's right. Yeah. But it's a good way to break the ice and, and chat about things too, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And nothing, nothing like it, it didn't happen every, every council meeting, but uh, especially when we had big votes or we we're making some big decisions and it was just really nice to be able to talk more in a relaxed environment than uh, sitting around the horseshoe all the time. Now there's rules against that. Well, it depends how many people get together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you have eight people out of 10 show up, you can't do that. Yeah, no, you you can't. Unless the clerk shows up and takes notes. Yeah, exactly. Takes minutes. (laughs) And you know staff aren't going to do that. They're heading out the door as soon as they can. (laughs) Well, maybe you bought him a beer. (laughs) Uh, Probably not even that. (laughs) So... um, do you recall some of the things like I, I'm thinking about the smoking bylaw, for example, is one of the things that you you had to deal with at the regional level? Yeah, I was chairing the licensing committee then, and that that was one of the big issues, probably the biggest issue that we dealt with uh, as far as licensing went. I mean, we always had these um, uh, cab wars where one company was complaining about the other company and they didn't want to raise the rates and the other one did, and so I really got to, to uh, know a lot of the, the, the cab industry from that. But the biggest one was the smoking bylaw. And, uh, you know, we we had some long, long, very long meetings. Uh, a lot of restaurant owners coming in very upset, ticked off. Yeah, do, do you remember how that all started with respect to bringing in? Because there was no uh, smoking bylaw anywhere in the province. Yeah, and and so Kitchener or Waterloo Region was a was an innovator on that. Do you recall how that all got started? Well, I think I think there was discussions about uh, at the provincial level about doing something about that, and that they've gone on for a couple of years and nobody took nobody wanted to do anything about it. So our chief medical officer of health decided that uh, it's something that I think affects a lot of a lot of people in the region, and they brought forward the the recommendation the committee. And then the council, and uh, we all supported it. We thought it was a, it was the right thing to do. You know, if you're a non-smoker going into a restaurant where people smoke, it's the worst thing ever. I remember well, sure. that. Yeah, a lot of people would no, not too many people would disagree with that. So, yes. what was the process then? Um, you would have uh, had a, a a bylaw put together, and you probably had some public uh, input. Yeah, sure, we did. What were those sessions like? <laughs> they were the worst. You know, I think the general public uh, didn't come out because they just kind of figured that we were going to do it anyway. But anybody that was in the, the beverage industry, um, really, you know, they were they were quite upset about it because they thought they were going to lose customers. But if everybody does it, how do you lose lose customers? Right. Where, where are they going to go? Right? Where are they going to go? That's right. So we ended up softening it up a little bit. We talked about uh, smoking areas outside or whatever. And uh, we kind of staged that over a number of years. And uh, it was tough. I remember going into a restaurant after we did that and the owner uh, tearing the strip off me, basically saying, what right do I have? And this was a big the issue. What right do we have to tell these people how to run their business? Right. Right. My answer to him simply was, what right do you have to poison your customers and your staff? Yeah. 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 You got to look at it from all areas. Um, During the debate itself, did you have some run-ins in the community as well during the debate? No, not so much. I stayed out of the restaurants then. (laughs) That's a smart move, right? (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one of the things about local politics is um, I, I know uh, Ken Sealing one time said uh, when I was mayor, he says, your circle of friends will start to get a little smaller because <laughs> you start to make decisions that are going to piss off somebody. Right. Yeah. Um, so you, you kind of have to watch where you go when you're going to the grocery store or bumping into somebody that knows you and has an opinion about something they want right. to share. That's why you wear sunglasses and a hat. <laughs> Incognito. <laughs> Incognito, as best as you can be. Yeah. But the, but the smoking bylaws, so it's one thing to pass a bylaw. It's another thing to enforce it, though. Yeah. Well, we hired a retired uh, detective. Uh, I forget his name. But he was he he did a really great job for us. He was um, Scottish, I think. He had a Scottish accent, and uh, he didn't take crap off of anybody. And uh, he had a, a a group of people that worked for him, and it basically was complaint generated. They get complaints, they go there and, and and deal with the issue. You know, our big problems were stuff like Oktoberfest. You know, and some of the major, the other bigger events. I mean, you used to go to the uh, Ranger games and people would be smoking everywhere, right? So you got to kind of create an area where they can go. And then the, the next year you make it a little smaller. And the next time it's outside. And the next time it's not anywhere near the building. And I think if you do it in increments like that, like that's kind of what we did. He's out of it. It, yeah, it, it it worked a lot better that way. Better than the cold, it's like trying to quit smoking. Cold turkey might not yeah. be the way to go, right? Yeah, exactly. So you're yeah. like applying the patch process here. <laughs> <laughs> trying to anyway, layering it in. Yeah, 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 <laughs> getting out of it. Um, one of the things uh, uh, that you dealt with, uh, talking about toxic issues, uh, would be the Rahlgren Crescent. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. in your ward? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was right on the boundary. Kyler Road was the boundary. And what was the issue there? Well, I think the residents there were getting methane methane gas into their units, into their homes. And um, the issue, they thought, was that the city had allowed those houses to be built on a dump. And it wasn't the case at all. I mean, long story short, it was basically uh, Pete and Marl was underneath and it Everywhere you go in the city, and you'll you'll know this as being mayor, when you start in the core or whatever, if those houses were built 100 years ago, different standards completely than what they're building brand new houses now. Right. And so the, the, the these homes were built, in fact, they were built to, to a, a standard, and then they also had um, a, a, a system installed in them, an old-fashioned one, to vent out the methane. And over the years... People didn't even know what the tubes were for anymore. They cut right, them. Right, you lose track. Yeah, they got rid of them because they don't even know what it is. Why is this thing sticking up? And that's what it was. So we ended up uh, excavating about 40 feet down to remove all the marl and peat. So, yeah, okay, so when these homes were built, it was a known issue because they had devices put in. Right, because it was over, a swampy yeah. area, right? I used it's to like, be Weaver's Farm at one point. Okay, it's like an air-to-air exchanger. Who knows what that is? Yeah, <laughs> so, whatever that is, exactly. Right. And people, so, and then that got resolved. Now, Brenda Hollering came out of all of that, right? Yeah, she was, she was, the, she was an advocate during that she time. Was one, of the, one of the two advocates, that's right. Yeah, yeah so, so you yeah. would have dealt with her during that time? Oh, yeah. yeah. Every day. That's good. That's good advocacy. <laughs> I walk out. I would. I drive home after after our meetings at nine o'clock, and uh, I feel really good about it until I read the paper the next day. 
<laughs> and then you go back and try to try a different avenue and how we're going to do it. But well, that, that's the thing eh, about uh, politics is uh, all your dirty laundry is exposed to everyone to see. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because people like Don Cameron you lived on that street. You know? Oh, he did. Eh? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. And a couple of other people that were kind of well known in the community and they didn't want to make big make a big issue out of it. But I think everybody was concerned. And I was concerned as well because I didn't know the history of it. You right. know? And uh but it, it turned out with Pete and Marl that it when it rings and it gets soaked, it starts to rot, right? But it also oh. it it also it's like a big sponge. It it grows and then when it dries out, it shrinks again, right? Okay. So some of the properties are moving up and down. So we ended up, I think, taking about six or eight, eight semi-detached out of there. Oh, so the city, uh, would, were they, they bought them or something? Or Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was the solution. And then, and then clean, up, clean up underground. Yeah, I think I went down one time. It was like 40 feet. The trucks were down there. And they built wow. around. Yeah, so, that, so it was... Was it near the dump? Is that where they thought it was the dump? or No, it was built in a swampy area. It okay. was a farmer's field. I went to school with Phil Weber, who uh, his dad owned that farm. It's right near the corner of Highland and Westmount. I was going to say, I knew you were old, but I wasn't <laughs> sure how old. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing that uh, Brian and I did uh, back in the day was we both sat on Kitchener Housing. You know, okay, yeah. We did we did some major projects there. The biggest one was in the first one was Victoria School. You know, we converted converted Victoria School into into uh, housing units. I, I remember that project. I always thought that was a great project converting oh, that living. school right yeah. by the park. Yeah, exactly. And so we did probably maybe twenty different developments. So the time we were there, I don't think Kitchener Housing's built anything since, but. Uh, we were we were uh, we were just cranking them out. It was unbelievable. So Kitchener Housing, what was the goal of Kitchener Housing? And who were you serving through Kitchener Housing? People that needed housing. Hello, like anyone uh, and everyone. Or was there an income? No, issue? I think there was there was definitely a, a formula for where how. No, that's uh, what I meant, right? So, so much for today, same as yeah. today, right? But but uh, we had no problems in filling the units, and we built seniors' units. Um, it, it was a really exciting time because I I didn't know anything about that industry and it was really interesting to sit through. We had a lot. We would meet a lot. So Kitchener Housing uh, was so that was the city of Kitchener, obviously, and right. uh, the funding was coming from from where was it the upper provincial, tier? Yeah, provincial and federal. Okay, but because you had this corporation, you could focus on targeting this. Uh, building certain types of houses for certain, uh, certain uh, economic exactly classes, and and then providing them with this opportunity for low cost rental, right? Rental, yeah, rental accommodations, yeah. And did that? Did you guys start that, or you picked that up, or was that already going when you got I there? I think it was just, it was going before I got there, but it really hadn't started building anything yet. Right, right. Matter of being formed, and it was run by Sybil Fernet. It was just a dynamic, yes, yes, job. You know, there was not no challenge she couldn't conquer. You know, yeah, and that, and that, and that, and how many projects did you do? Oh, I, I I couldn't tell you. Yeah, seventeen, something like that. Right, right. You know, it, it it was just amazing. 
Too bad it stopped. (laughs) Well, exactly. So I think what happened is, uh, I mean, I think Kitchener Housing still exists, and members of council that sit on there still maintain and and look after the the projects that are there. But there's no new projects being built. That's and that's the big issue. Like the region has housing too, and it's the big issue is uh, what state of repair is everything in? Yeah, and that that's that gets to be a pretty big issue. Um, I know that we've we've looked at some of the housing the region has, and we've looked at uh, intensifying some of the sites, and I think they're moving ahead on a couple. Because I sat on uh, health and social services as well. I chaired it for four years. Well, that'd be good because we we need anything and everything we can put together, right? Like uh, um, we'll talk about um, some of the other stuff uh, next time we get together uh, yeah. about the encampments and stuff. Because that would have been during your time when you were exclusively on. Well, I can hardly on- wait. On the region, <laughs> we we won't talk about some things. I promise you that. Okay, <laughs> but um, so at some point though, you decide that uh, you're not going to stay, keep running for Kitchener Council. Well, when when the province decided to, um, we, we could make a decision whether whether we wanted to uh, increase the size of council or not in 2010, right? Yeah. And uh, we were at six at that time. My ward used to go from Truster Road to King Street. Oh, that's right. It's massive. Yeah, yeah it's massive. Exactly. So they, we, this council, and I didn't support it, decided that we would go back to 10 members of council. So. Oh, you didn't like the, uh, was that. Hold on, was that a reduction? That was a, a, an, a that was an addition added. of four new people, right? Oh, you thought it was too many? I thought it was too many. I think yeah. the more the more the more cooks in the kitchen spoil the meal. You yeah, know, I think we were we were able to be because because of uh, our smaller size, we were able to get a lot of things done. Like the, when we did the 110 million dollar, that was six of us. Okay, I mean the the votes were always uh, six to one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we still got stuff done, right. you know. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not to to stop the stifle debate or anything. It just seemed like, you know, you streamline you you streamline the uh, the process, and you can get a lot more done. And so you would have just preferred change some of the boundaries to add some more people and other ones that weren't as big, like make them more equal in terms of yeah. the number of people. Well, exactly. And I, I think that back then I would have even supported adding two more, but four more. It's like having, you know, I know what it was like when I first started, how yeah. hard it is, all the learning curves, everything you have to learn. And you got four people now starting all over again. Yeah. So we had, uh, I know in North Dumfries, we had uh, four, uh, what was it? Uh, no, actually it was three. I think we added one. So there were, uh, no, no, there were four on council. And what we did was because air was growing so much and Councillor Foxton was the representative for that. Right. We, we created two spots in air and reduced the countryside from three to two. So we still had the four same number, yeah. uh, but just rejigged them to make it a little, a little more even for the, especially the air one, because it was growing so fast. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So I, I could see what's that. So, so you said, okay, that's too many. I'm going to the region where there's 16. <laughs> Well, I I think I was, yeah, and I I think that was one of the reasons why, but the other was I was looking for a change as well. Yeah, yeah, a long time in one place uh, with one council. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah. And now you could, but you were on. Yeah. Okay. So because when did the, the, the direct 2000. elect in 2000? 2000. Yeah. Okay. So from 91 to 2000, you're on both. Right. And then from 2000 till uh, 2010, you're just on Kitchener. That's right. And Tom okay. Holloway went and uh, Gene Halboom. Gene Halboom went. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who else it was. I think that might have been it. Carl? I don't know. All the years flow together, man. Yeah, I know. I know. It starts to get, it starts to flow like that. Listen, <laughs> uh, Jeff, I think what we'll do is we're going to, we're going to end this podcast at this point in time. Okay. For you, sure. because I know there's a whole bunch of other things uh, at the regional level. And we could talk about some of the projects you and I worked on together, uh, like the uh, roundabout, roundabout and, yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. engineering around the horseshoe. That, as Ken, that thing as Ken, is still there. You know that? Yeah, I know. So those, I, the other day, well, I won't get too into it, but I said to someone, those pylons were from 2010. <laughs> <laughs> we had to figure it out. They didn't. The engineers couldn't do it. <laughs> anyway. So listen, thanks a lot for, uh, going for this trip down memory lane and uh, we'll be back uh, together for another time real soon. All right. Well, thanks, Rob. This is a great idea that you have doing these things. It's very enjoyable. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, Jeff, you take care. Uh, thank you for listening to another edition of the Old Grey Mares podcast. If you have any ideas for stories or people you would like us to interview or reach out to, please feel free to contact us. And thank you again.